Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdwick Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and writer of the comic series Avalon, Brandon Staraki, here to promote issues one through five now live on Kickstarter. Welcome, Brandon. Hi, how are you? I'm um, all right. How are you? Um, Good. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Brandon Staraki in his own words? Uh, Brandon Staraki is just a normal guy. You know, he. Uh... I'm just a normal guy that likes creativity and all that stuff as well. Uh, big into movies, big into film. And just recently, obviously, since I started this comic book, I've been really big into the comic industry uh, and just trying to read as much as I can. But normal guy who's just trying to make something creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is a- Avalon, the comic series, about? Avalon is about a disarranged kind of castle family that you meet and uh, that's set in this zombie apocalypse, you know, early on you kind of meet this family and immediately you kind of see that they're they're like i said disarranged they're all over the place it seems like a lot of stuff has happened in the past and there's a family member the oldest brother andy that's kind of away right now and it seems like he's been gone for a while a lot of that stuff will be touching issues to come but you know a lot of uh chaos has been happening in their life before this uh the apocalypse starts and then the apocalypse hits them so it's just kind of like craziness and then even more craziness on the other side so just uh basically them trying to get together and put their differences to the side for a brief moment so they can find safety uh-huh and i understand issues one through three have already been published but yes. the kickstarter so you're promoting all five of them but the kickstarter is mainly to push the the issues four and five so yes. for, i guess what should readers that have already read one through three expect from four and five of the um, yeah, a, a lot of answers, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a big question, especially at the beginning of uh, issue, or at the end of issue one, sorry, uh, that one of the characters, you know, gotten bitten, and then obviously it's kind of inevitable what was going to be happening here with that character, and we posted a lot of, you know, the, dr- the dramatic scene that Demetrius kind of drew up and kind of illustrated for everybody on the Kickstarter, because it's not too much of a spoiler if you read it already, you kind of know it's coming, um, but the the reason we decided to go that route is to really show what it's like to get bitten and what happens to an individual when they do get bitten. And, uh, but as I said, a lot of answers are going to be kind of there from all the questions that have been asked, you know, from the last three issues as well. You know, we kind of did a, a different kind of style with the first two issues and kind of splitting it up story-wise with the family on one side and Andy and Miller on the other side. And then issue uh, three kind of focused on Andy and Miller's story there. And then you kind of get that same thing going forward. Issue four will be a, a more of a focus on the family, you know, kind of where they left off with the end of uh, issue two. And then, you know, you'll see if they kind of link up in issue five. So a lot of answers will be coming out of these next two issues. Mm-hmm. So could you just elaborate a little bit more on the creative process on Avalon as a whole from just a thought in your head to working on it throughout however many years to now promoting it through Kickstarter? Yeah, it's uh, been an idea of mine for many years since, you know, uh, senior year in high school. I've had this idea. I've been a big uh, fan of the zombie genre as a whole. And, you know, the question that kind of stemmed from all of this that led into making this project is how would I survive or how would I pan out in the zombie apocalypse and all that stuff, too. So me at uh, in 12th grade, not knowing what to do at all, not knowing anything, uh, I just kind of threw it in a tote and almost forgot about it for a while until I met Alan. Uh, we were kind of working on a creative kind of collaboration there. He was doing uh, some music stuff on that side. I wanted to do like, you know, writing a lot, all that good stuff. Um, 
And then we, I pitched the idea to him. He really liked it. So then we kind of just took it from there and it took like a good year or maybe and a half to kind of build the world and build, you know, the infected. We wanted to kind of ground this world in as much reality as we could, you know, after time goes on, we figure it out and then we move into writing. It was going to be a novel. And then I'm someone who doesn't really like to read on a lot of piece <laughs> uh, uh, words on a page. So I, I looked over on my desk at the time and saw the Walking Dead comic. And I shot him a text at that moment asking him if we should do this as a comic instead of a, instead of a novel. And he liked the idea as well. So then we just kind of took off from there. Uh-huh. I think everyone kind of, when they look into apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, comics or novels or what have you, or even TV shows, you know, Last mm-hmm. of Us just came out. And everyone imagines how they would handle something like that. I was like, we kind of already did go through that a couple of years ago. And I'm like, you all didn't handle it that well. Uh, <laughs> well nobody was getting bitten, you know, it was, it, you know, but, but still, you like didn't handle it well. And and that's the that's the uh, the thing about all that too is we all did have to go through a big you know global pandemic at that point and it almost makes it easier for us to kind of sell the idea and how people would act and react to certain situations you know uh, the world of Avalon we kind of elevated a little bit for more people are attacking each other and biting each other and all that crazy stuff with it um, but you know it, it, with all that stuff that we've all had to deal with a couple of years back. It, it it makes it a little easier for us as the writers to kind of show that like okay look this is honestly what happened back then so this this isn't too far-fetched that people would act a certain way and do certain things to kind of get you know whatever they want or love or need and all that good all that kind of stuff going forward but yeah mm-hmm. and it's crazy that we have this interview today because i just saw a, a video i think it was from the author of station 11 and okay. um he was talking about how he is interested in these post-apocalyptic um, narratives because um, I guess, again, how we would be able to handle something like that as a people yep. and how, which way is it going to go as far as our behavior and how um, a lot of us would choose uh, I guess grace at some point and love and community, yeah. you know, and versus, you know, in the in the beginning, it's it's violent, it's chaotic, it's every man for himself. But eventually, you know, you do adapt and it becomes a new normal, and you try to have some way of maintaining humanity in a way or trying to re- regain it. So, will we be seeing some of that in this, or is it? I guess the time of it, it the time frame of it is too small because it's still all within the same day yeah well within the two issues definitely not um Uh it's still it's still trying to figure out all that stuff and kind of making sure what you have around you and what you love around you is safe and nothing else really matters at that point and you kind of get that idea reading the first three issues that that's kind of the direction we're going with it and you know i do what you said was well said as well you know i do think uh like humanity would kind of it move to that kind of nature, especially in this world, as time goes on, as, as soon as they think they have at least a grasp a little bit on survival, then after survival comes, you know, community and sanctuary. And then after all that stuff is, you know, built up, then you want to try and spread love and, you know, start bringing people in and try and making what we used to have and bringing it back into this, you know, chaotic world that we have now. But I, I think what you said was well said. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's definitely a direction that we're going to consider in the future. Okay. Um, 
what have you noticed that's changed about Avalon that you weren't expecting? Like maybe the art style, storylines, maybe a change in collaborators, or even like an uptick in readership from the last, the initial three to these last two. Yeah, I, th I think almost all of it in different, a little bit of all of it in different ways, um, mm -hmm. especially with the artwork, you know, obviously that was more so issue one to, to two and then so on. Uh, if anybody has read issue one, they can kind of tell the art style is a little bit different. It's the same artist, but he's evolved just like our, our writing has evolved and the story has evolved and all that stuff too. That's what we find. You know, that's why I'm a big indie comic reader myself. Like I'll go out and grab indie comics and I just like to see that progression and then, and getting better with writing and art and all that good stuff going forward. But you know, that would, that would be the obvious one where everybody can literally see it. Um, but, uh, the writing, you know, it, it's fun, you know, because we just added a, another writer for mostly season two, but she helped a little bit towards the end of season one. Her name is Callie Oberlander. And, you know, to have her, because she has a lot of experience in kind of writing feature films, short films, and in kind of that film industry. And one of her, she has a podcast uh, that focuses on mental health and all that stuff as well. And I thought it was perfect to see if she would want to come along for the Avalon team here uh because a lot of what season two is going to be focusing on is the mental health aspect of it is we've kind of given those little sprinkles throughout season one issues one through six of that we're going to be focusing a little bit on it but season two is going to be a really focused point on the whole mental health aspect of everything uh-huh um also i wanted to ask how why is it set in it's in erie pennsylvania right yeah. and not like in pittsburgh or philadelphia or because like I, I i i'm also an author and mm -hmm. my stuff is set in baltimore maryland which a lot of people wouldn't be expecting they're expecting like dc or new york city yeah. or something like that so why in erie pennsylvania first and foremost it's it's familiar we're we live in erie and we're from erie as well it's uh -huh. a very familiar thing you know when we were doing this we wanted to try and bring as much familiar things as possible into this project because we were new to this thing we didn't want to do too many things that were out of our reach you know especially just getting into this kind of uh game right here but you know and but and then another reason too eerie has that eerie kind of feeling you know what i mean like it has yeah. it's just it's i i somebody said it's kind of like a raccoon city kind of town it's yeah. not big it's not small it's just kind of right in the middle there and uh you know th there's a lot of things that we could utilize here in erie uh like the lake and how like the, the outskirts of erie like northeast you got places like waterford and all that stuff too that are kind of outskirt like you have the city and then you could have like the outskirt kind of towns like the little in, in the woods and all that good stuff so there's a lot to utilize here and 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 another thing as well another point to that is we're right in the middle we're like right in the middle of the, the triangle you have cleveland buffalo and pittsburgh you know right in the middle there so there's de many directions we could go and it, it just seems like a no-brainer for us because it doesn't seem like it's been used quite a bit erie and and i feel like there's a lot of like history here and a lot of things to utilize here as well so we thought erie would probably be the best uh-huh so you've mentioned some of the collaborators that you're working on working with right now uh, for season one and then on the season two. Mm -hmm. So how was the process of collaborating with these other creators on Avalon? How did you know they were the right people to work with? Um, with Alan, I met him before we even decided to do this thing. So I was friends with him beforehand. And then when we decided to go the creation route and try to kind of make our own like production label and all that stuff. And then kind of, cause I had this idea Avalon before it was called Avalon. And he had this stuff like, you know, with music and stuff like that. So we wanted to kind of collaborate in that way. And then Avalon was was going to happen a little bit faster than the music so we decided to put more focus on this to get it out and then kind of disband a little bit there but uh 
so with Alan, it was really easy, you know, because having the friendship already and kind of all that stuff, we already understood each other. Uh, Demetrius, that developed over time, and I'm glad uh, where our relationship is at now. You know, he's he's from Greece, so a lot of our conversations is done through Messenger, which is crazy to me that uh, <laughs> we've been working together for a few years here, and we've got we've gotten to a point where we understand each other completely, and it's only been through like Messenger and maybe a few Discord meetings as well, but. Uh, Callie, it was easy as well. It was easy. You know, uh, I met her at the Erie Horror Fest when we were promoting Avalon there. And she was easy, you know, easy banter back and forth. We were talking and having a good time there. Uh, it was a three-day event. I talked to her all three days. And then after I heard her podcast and all that good stuff, I asked her to be a part of it. And it's been nothing but easy for us, you know. And I think that's the important part is just to make sure you can vibe with somebody, click with somebody. It's, it's just easy to have conversations with them. And, and I think that's the key to it. And I, I've been very fortunate to have all these people a part of this team. Uh, I mean, were there any instances where you may have hired someone already or was thinking of hiring them and then like it just didn't work out? Uh, there, The only one would be like an artist mm-hmm. before Demetrius way back then. But I wouldn't even blame it on the artists per se. It was it was more so like when we had the, the original script of issue one, it wasn't the one that you read or anybody has read that's out right now. Um, it was one that Alan and I kind of reread it, reread again, and it, it was horrible. We couldn't believe that we were actually <laughs> going to produce that and get that out there. So we pulled that back and we apologized to her. You know, I paid her for the pages that she's done and all that good stuff. But, you know, it was kind of like money loss on our end, but it, but for good reason. You know, we noticed that issue one was very compact with all the stuff that was happening. You know, all the stuff you saw probably with issues one through three that are out right now we're all compressed into one issues and we figured that would be a bad choice. And I'm glad we went this route and kind of expanded it because these first three issues that we have right now, we're really happy with. Uh So what advice would you offer to other creators? You wish someone would have told you when you first start, when you first started. Um, I guess just kind of keep going and keep doing what you're doing. You know, you have a vision, you have uh, an idea, kind of just keep uh, going through it. You know, things are going to be, bumpy along the way like I knew they were going to be bumpy I didn't not that I thought making a comic would be easy per se but it's definitely harder than I thought it was going to be if that makes sense like again mm-hmm. I want to it's it wasn't supposed to be I didn't think it was going to be easy but it's harder than I thought it was and not just so much about the scripting it's everything that comes with it it's it's kind of managing everything it's it's the scripting it's the creativity it's making sure you know what you're doing in the future kind of keeping everybody in in the group as a team together the marketing and kind of being busy on social media you know because you know in this kind of industry the indie industry you have to wear many many hats so I, I guess it would have been nice I guess for to me for me to know somebody was already in it to be like hey this is all that you got to do I mean not that it would have changed my mind anyways, but it would have just been a nice kind of like disclaimer disclaimer coming into this kind of business right now. But Yeah. So outside of working on Avalon, like you have all of that under control, you know, Alan and Dimitri, you know, and, and Callie coming in, like you have a solid team mm-hmm. and you got this together. But like outside of that, how well do you balance your your life? Like in how do you typically manage your mental well-being when you become stressed, frustrated, or overwhelmed? Um, it's still something I'm still trying to figure out, you know, because uh, like the, the comic that we've been doing right now, it, it has its overwhelming factors and all that stuff and trying to get this out there and trying to find the crowd that is going to follow, you know, Avalon. You know, I have I have people that I want to try and build like a 
like a good fan base that actually like wants to to buy this and continue to come back and kind of invest it in the story and invest it in the artwork and all that stuff too. So it's trying to find those people that are there and want it every single time we come out with it and really trying to find that fan base for us. And uh, you know, so it's just, it's just perfect things like trying to remember to go outside, you know, go for a walk, relax a little bit. Don't focus so much on trying to sell every, every, you know, do everything in one day, kind of have a plan stretched out rather than being like, okay, today's today. I'm just going to go, falls to the wall basically with trying to get everything out there and uh but really trying to focus on family time walking exercise just you know doing your things and your normal day things before you even did all this but i think it's still it's still trying to figure it all out to a t but i think it's starting to get there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so is there anything else that you want to touch on about avalon that we may have missed as a whole uh maybe discuss rewards for potential backers yeah, I mean, just just simple, like Avalon is, it's not your typical kind of zombie story. You know, we do follow little things like, uh, or take we take the little things away, like we're not following a hero's journey. We're following the whole castle family. We're following this world that we're creating and all the characters that are, we're going to meet in the future is everybody's a main character in their self. We want to make it so anybody can pick this book up and relate to any character. So there's not going to be really some sort of focus on a specific character. It's going to be everybody uh, mostly obviously the castle family it's not going to be it's just not going to be an individual's story arc that we're looking at um, but really focusing on the realism on the mental health the real life physical ailments that people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis take medications for and all that and really trying to make the world feel as real as possible yeah I like it when there's you know something like this but is try to be as realistic or based in reality mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like you said, people who are dealing with their own issues, they had to take medication mm-hmm. or, you know, what I liked in The Last of Us is they brought up like Ellie when she starts menstruating, you know, stuff like that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like someone like me who menstruates, how am I going to, how am I going to continue to do this? Or like someone who wears glasses, how is that going to work? If I lose my glasses, I'm screwed. <laughs> you know well, right right and 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 that's a funny thing you know ty the middle brother there as well you know that's why we purpose you know he has glasses now obviously you don't know at this point like is he like as blind as a bat or is he you know just wearing glasses just to help him a little bit or or what's going on here but like that's why there's certain things and uh kind of like what we put up on the kickstarter as well that mason has an inhaler you know, mm-hmm. you could tell he has the, some sort of depression or anxiety as well. And, you know, Andy, you will kind of see that kind of flush out a little bit as well. And the new characters you're about to meet will have other physical ailments or illnesses that are complications, I guess you'll call them, that you're going to find out in the next few issues as well. So, again, like to kind of reiterate the point that anybody can pick this book up and anybody can relate to it. That's kind of our main kind of focus as, you know, a writing room and trying to figure out where we want to take Avalon is kind of making it open for everybody. It's not going to be secluded to a certain fan base you know, or anything like that zombies kind of like how the walking dead did it uh but zombies are almost secondary to this you're really focusing on the realism and the characters and and how they have to deal with their personal issues in an end of the world scenario like kind of like how we kind of had to do a couple of years ago where things were not being put on the shelves as fast as they should have been and some people were getting sick and some people needed medicine medications that weren't getting to their pharmacies fast enough and so just kind of elevating that point a little on the next level probably three four levels up and really trying to see like like again where the question comes how would i survive in this apocalypse that can be for anybody who picks it up yeah um are you attending any cons this year as a vendor and where can people find you online 
Yeah, we'll be at, uh, for sure right now, we will be at the Cincinnati Comic Con. We'll be at the Erie Comic Con. Uh, we go to local areas to kind of do like meet and greets and all that stuff as well, book signings. Um, we're going to hopefully get into the Erie Horror Fest again. We put in our application for that. You know, we're still trying to get other applications in for the summertime and really trying to expand our kind of radius there. And uh, you could find us on any kind of social media platform. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Now I, I, I caved, I broke, I'm on TikTok now. Um, but all the ones that you find on social media, we have a link tree that's tagged on it as well. You can find us anywhere and everywhere on, on the link tree as well. All right. Well, again, I want to thank the creator and writer of the comic series, Avalon, Brandon Staroki, for joining us here today to promote issues one through five, now live on Kickstarter. All of Brandon's socials and website, as he just said, will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link for those who are interested. Again, I am KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerd Podcast. Thank you. See you.